Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, something God's been teaching me um, <clears throat> this quarter. Uh, in the beginning of the quarter, I wanted to um, get my uh, prayer life kind of back on track. And um, I kind of asked ask God, um, asking him if he would show me different ways that I could um, find that uh, just in my God times or somehow just be more deliberate and about praying and things like that. And so God has really been teaching me um, through through different ways, the Evangelism 101 class, and um, we have a, a prayer list that we have, and we run through it, and we have uh, just names of people we want to be uh, to be growing and seeking the Lord, and um, I think that's been an awesome an awesome way uh, I've learned to just dedicate 10 to 15 minutes of my day, um, just sitting down, um, taking that list, and just praying over each name that we write on that list, and really just intentionally wholeheartedly seeking um, seeking God for them and following up with that. And so, yeah, I, I came across um, this verse, James um, James 1, f- uh, 5 through 7. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe <clears throat> and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed, uh, tossed by the tossed by the wind that person should not expect to receive anything from the lord and so um yeah i was just encouraged because like the beginning of this quarter i was i really wanted to make sure that was more uh, part of my my life the the prayer and so yeah uh god really pulled pull through and he's still working on we're still working on that uh i still don't still don't do isn't as intentional as i would like it to be but uh still working on it so yeah that's what uh that's what god's been working on Hello. Um, this afternoon, um, a mom friend of mine posted something on Facebook. Um, it, she said, would you still trust him even if? And um, immediately, God pressed on my heart this verse, um, and it's still just reverberating in me, and I just wanted to share it with you all. Um, it's from the book of John, and to set the context, um, Jesus um, had fed the 5,000, and there were huge crowds following after him because they had been fed, and they hoped to be fed again. Then Jesus gave this really hard teaching where he um, was exhorting them that he himself was the bread of life that they had to eat. And people were confused and, like, repulsed by this. What do you mean? Cannibalism? Ah! And so, so many turned away from him and deserted him. And Jesus turned to his followers and said, Do you also wish to leave? And um, Peter replied, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Um, so I, I posted that in reply, and I think God was speaking that um, we all have ifs that we fear, um, things that could happen in life, and we have choices about who, whether to turn to God in those times or um, allow those things to drive us from him. And so 
If there are some here who are walking through one of those ifs or fearing ifs in their future, um, I encourage you that Jesus is the one to turn to. Who else is there to turn to? He has the words of life. Hey guys, um, so Psalms 15 says, um, the Lord who, d- Lord who may dwell in your sanctuary, who may live on your holy hill. Um, and the response is, he whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous and who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts and who lends his money without usury and does not accept bribes against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. And the Lord spoke to me um, through this psalm that, like, um, we actually can't be any of those things um, fully. And the person who is those things is Jesus. Um, and so the Lord told me today when I was reading it, he's like, you aren't those things, but Jesus is the, is the one who is, he is those things for you. Um, and you need to accept that you aren't those things, but Jesus has you covered in those areas. Um, so stop feeling guilty or stop thinking you can try harder and make yourself more perfect um because i'm a perfectionist so yay um so yeah the lord just spoke to me that today when i was reading it in my god time Hello. All right. So I want to share um, from Matthew 4, starting verse 18. Uh, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to be fishers of people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Um. And this, the kind of thing that's been weighing on my heart a lot with this, as I've been thinking about it, is, like, I feel like often I, and I think plenty of other people, feel like we're not qualified to go out and preach the gospel to people. But the first people that followed Jesus and did that were fishermen. They weren't trained pastors. They weren't missionaries. They were people who put nets in the ocean and got fish. Um, and all it started with was one step of obedience to follow a guy they didn't really know, and they followed Jesus. That's all it really took. So all it takes is one step of obedience. That's all we need to do. So recently, God has really been, I suppose, convicting me about my judgmentalism and how I, how I view non-Christians. Um, and as I was doing my God time today, I came across Romans 14, for, and it says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To him, 
to his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. It's talking about other Christians, but if God isn't someone's master, then why are we judging them by our standards? Why are we expecting them to be more like Christ when they don't know who Christ even is? So God has been telling me, you need to love first and let me do the judgment because I could do it in a way that will soften their hearts and show them that I love them more than they could ever imagine. I was looking through my journal and uh, one verse popped out that I had written down like three separate times over like a couple of weeks. Um, and so I was just thinking about it and reflecting and uh, it actually I think ties really well into uh, something that Ethan said about um, uh, how sometimes we don't really feel like we are able or like qualified to, to like make a disciple for Jesus or like even make a friend for Jesus. Uh, sometimes we just I think have a, a low opinion of ourselves and the fact is that's that opinion actually is correct without Jesus we, we really aren't qualified um, but this verse is so encouraging uh, so I'm just going to read it it says it's a first Peter 2 9 through 10 it says you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation and God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people. Of, uh, the people. Now you are the people of God. And once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And I just I think this is so significant as we as we look at um, ourselves. We can really uh, through this verse see how God sees us, and that that you are. God's chosen person, like that you have been called to declare uh, his praises and that you are part of the, his royal priesthood. Um, so I just want to ask, uh, how are you living in view of the reality that you are God's chosen person, that you are a valuable member of the, this royal priesthood and that you are God's uh, special possession? Thanks, Taylor, and thanks, everyone, who shared so far. Um, I want to wrap up this moment of sharing so we can sing a few more songs and keep thinking. Um, I just want to encourage you guys, go ahead and look back on your journal from um, core meetings and one-on-ones and Chi Alpha meetings that we've had this quarter. God's been teaching us so much, and it's so exciting to hear all that we've heard, and I'm excited to hear more. Um, and as I think about some of the things that you guys have shared so far, I think, like Taylor said, there really is a theme that um, we are so simple and empty, but we have Jesus, and, and he qualifies us and fills us with everything that we need. And um, I just want to wrap things up by sharing a sweet verse, really sweet verse. Um, it's Acts 4.13, and this comes, like, right after Peter and John, like, owned all the religious guys of the day and, like, just, like, told them, like, they just 
like came out of Chi Alpha and were so amped and filled with the Jesus, they just like, bam, big sermon. And the, the religious guys just said, Acts 4.13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So I just want to have that be the moment that we enter into right now because those of you who have been with Jesus, that's exactly what qualifies us and that is the power that we live by and that um, we minister by. And so let's just take a moment and be so thankful for what Jesus has done in our lives already and just worship back to him knowing that like whatever he's done in your life is significant enough to like respond and like you inhale what he's done and you exhale it back out and it is worth it. So um, all of us who know him have this same testimony as Peter and John. So as we go into worshiping now, just thank Jesus and worship him like he is the boss. Hey, fam. Is this on? Can everyone hear me? Okay, cool. Okay, so um, I think it was really cool what Nathan was just talking about, about having prayers, praying out, Lord, I trust you with blank. Um, Because that was something that God's really been laying on my heart. Um, At retreat, Glenn Davis, the speaker, had this quote that really stood out to me, which was, God is in control, so I can't be. Um, Yeah, so uh, that really hit me because I am a person who likes to be in control of everything. Um, Yeah, and um, I've been thinking about that a lot since I am a senior and I'm graduating this year and I'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat where you're like, oh man, I'm graduating. I need to control like where I go and my job and all this and all that and I have to be an adult. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but that quote that Glenn said really has kind of given me peace. So God's plan for my future is so much better, and I need to trust him in that. And um, I physically cannot be in control, which is terrifying, but it's also great because if you can't be in control, you can't really do anything to mess up God's plan for your life, which is really cool. Um, And God needs to take control of everything about our lives, not just one aspect or the parts that we choose to give him. Everything is his. Um, yeah, nothing in our life is really ours. And I think that that kind of thinking has seeped into just our mind. Like, oh, I'm going to give God my future and my career and my relationship and my money. It's like, hold up. It's not yours. It's actually God's. He's given it to us to use for his glory. Um, we're just giving back what belongs to him when we serve him. And um, the thing, give a year, pray about a lifetime has been going around And everyone's like, oh, I wonder if God has called me to give a lifetime. Guess what? He has. Um, (laughs) He's called all of us to give our lifetime to him. It doesn't, it just is a matter of how we're going to choose to give his life that he gave us back to him and serving him. So yeah, think about that. I would like to share a verse out of Psalm 25 uh, that backs up what Marissa had to say. Uh, starting in verse 1, it says, O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. 
but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are... For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. I think God is um, really wanting us to trust him. So I I think what he wants us to do is to, to do a brain shift tonight. So you're ready to do a brain shift? I think he wants to give us this brain shift so that it'll be easy, easier for us to trust him. Some of us come to the Bible seeing it as a book of stuff we're supposed to do. God tells us what to do. Here's the brain shift. He wants us to see the Bible as a book of everything he has done. And when that shift is firmly in place, when we get to see it from the God perspective instead of the people perspective, God says, look at all that I have done through my son, Jesus Christ. Look at all that I have done through giving you my spirit to live inside of you. Look at all that I've done by giving you this wonderful people to be a part of. Then... We find it easier to trust him instead of thinking it's all up to us to figure everything out, to get in the right mood or the right mind or something to be able to trust him. No, he's already given us everything we need. He's even giving us the trust we need in him. Jesus said it this way in this famous uh, Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all you Caiaphans who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It has always been, it has always been about resting in the finished work of God through Christ. That's what trust is. If that is the way in to God, the way forward with God is simply to be yoked with him still and to trust that he has done it. And he will continue to do it in it, do it in us and through us. Does that make any sense? Okay. Thanks. Did you make the brain shift? So one of the things, <coughs> sorry, um, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about this year is the idea of having big faith. Um, and how, like, when you look at people in the Bible, there were so many people that were facing things that seemed impossible or things that they didn't understand, but they had faith anyway. You think of, like, Sarah. She was barren. She didn't have children. She was old. She shouldn't have been able to have children. And God was like, have faith in me, and it'll happen. And, like, Abraham had faith that even though God was telling him to sacrifice his son— that something good was going to come from it. And one of the verses that came to my mind a couple minutes ago was Matthew 17, 20. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And like, 
big faith isn't something that's going to come easy, and I think that's something we need to realize. We're not going to necessarily be able to have huge faith right away. We have to take the baby steps to get there, to put our complete faith in God, to trust that his plan is perfect, to trust that, like, Everything is going to happen the way he wants it to happen. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean life is easy for us. It just means we have someone on our side walking with us every step of the way. You know, uh, one of the ways that the devil tries to um, discourage us or to tempt us to give up is by trying to undermine our confidence, our confidence in who God is and how we relate to him. Um, and it's kind of little things. It's stuff like, oh, I really messed up this time. Like, God can't love me after I've done that. You know, I'm getting pretty bad grades. What am I even doing here? I'm not spiritual enough to be a facilitator. I don't know enough to lead a Bible study or lead worship. Or even, um, you know, I don't know how to talk to my friends about Jesus because they know who I was beforehand. They know what I've done. Um, I'm in the same boat, guys. And I really wish I had uh, some sort of encouragement for you guys, but I don't. (laughs) Thankfully, though, God does. So um, we can see in 1 Corinthians uh, 1, 26 through 31, Uh, God says, uh, Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were, were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. to sum up what um, God's been saying to us through this block of sharing um, it's really clear that God wants us to have a brain shift Um, right now I want each of you guys to think um, about some of the things that have been said and ask yourself like what's the big thing on my mind right now that I am afraid of or that Satan's tripping me up on Is there some big issue in your life that you're wrestling with right now as you hear these um, verses and songs about trusting God and stopping trying to be in control of it, but letting um, the one with a really, Jesus is really buff and he wants to take that yoke and let us not keep trying to struggle under something that we are not strong enough for. What is that thing right now? Write it down in your journal or in your phone or on your hand or just in your brain. And then let's listen for just... 12 seconds and ask God what do you want to say to me about this thing is there something God's going to help you start thinking or stop thinking about that thing God what do you want to say to me about this thing right now
Jesus, I pray that um, by your Holy Spirit, who is so infinite and good, that you would um, just continue to make us new. Would you um, transform us by the renewing of our minds? Would you wash out the old stuff um, that we have started to think throughout our lives? And would you give us new thought patterns? Would you just wash us in the shower of your word of scripture to start thinking rightly and start trusting you because we know how trustworthy you are through your scripture? Um, God, I pray that you would just um, do an incredible work in this room tonight, that those things that we've written down that we're thinking about, would you just lift those off our shoulders right now, Jesus? Would you help us feel the peace that comes by giving you um, things that you can be in control of and we, we got to stop trying? Um, would you give us the peace that comes from being yoked with a Jesus who has already overcome everything, who has already overcome death and hell and eternity? and calls us to new life and freedom, being united with you. Jesus, would you instruct us and make us new um, and help all of us just be free and be made new tonight um, and to celebrate you now as we um, continue uh, breathing out your praise in worship to you right now, Lord. I pray this in your name. Amen.